I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the SC Report. It's Wen in here, gearing up for a huge magic round, which I know everyone in Brisbane's um, pumped up and, and ready for, or maybe except for the Broncos after them not turning up today to the ma- major media conference. Um, very, very odd there, JT. How are you, mate? You're all the way up in Cairns once again. I am cowboy country once again, mate. That's embarrassing by the Broncos. You guys have packed it in. All the ex-greats are piling on. It is fantastic as a Bronco hater to sit back and watch this. But as we said, cannot wait for Magic Round. We're all going. We are all going. We are definitely all going. Apparently, it was um, due to a, um, well, an issue with sponsorship. Because I think the Magic Round is sponsored by Yui. And, uh, and the Broncos' major sponsor is the uh, one of their major competitors. No, it just wasn't Friday night, mate. Penalty Bronco. <laughs> Definitely. So, um, you kind of were leading us there, mate, but we are all going to Magic Round this weekend, and um, we're planning a bit of a meet and greet on Saturday, aren't we? We are. We've got the spreadsheets locked and loaded, ready to share our, our nerdish super coach gleanings <laughs> with everyone. No, it's going to be great. we got 1 o'clock at the Newstead Brewery in uh, Milton there. On the Saturday. Yeah, so just remember, it's the Newstead Brewery in uh, on Castle Main Street, just off Castle Main Street, not the one in uh, Newstead. Uh, I've had that happened a couple of times. People turn over to the wrong one. So uh, <laughs> just uh, remember, we're going to the games at Suncorp Stadium, so pretty obvious that we'll be there. Obviously, the podcast is sponsored by Welder's Dog, but... Um, happy to support another uh, local brewery on, on Saturday. But, you know, if the mighty Welders Dog had their own uh, bar or, or pub, then no doubt we'd be meeting there. Mm. It'd be called The Kennel or something, right? The Surely. Kennel. The Kennel. Uh, That's a good one. Mm. And, and I'm, ve- I'm a very, I'm a very uh, happy man, JT. Not only it's the end of hump day, but uh, my, uh, my fresh uh, case of uh, a Welders Dog turned up today. Um, direct for Armandale. So I'm pretty stoked. Uh, I've just cracked open a Australian Weetail. Um, had a pretty busy day at work today. And it's going down a treat. Mate, that has broken me. Like we've had the IPA, we've had the ginger beer and the next thing I wanted to cross off my list was the Weetail. But it's alas, delicious. I'm up here in Cairns. I'm away. I don't have the finest beer in front of me in my hotel uh, that I've taken from the minibar. It'll be about $78 later. Uh, so how is it, mate? Are you loving it? I am. It's um, For me, this is probably the best one I've had so far. So I've had the IPA. I haven't had the ginger beer yet. 
I know you've you bought a, I think a case of that, but this Australian wheat mm-hmm. ale is fantastic. It's not as um, heavy as like a, a classic German wheat ale. It's it's almost a little bit fruity, so I really like it. It's a great beer. Right. Well, the envy is very green for me here, so hope you enjoy it. All right, rankings, JT. Um, the Young Legends Ladies League has climbed up to fifth overall, which is fantastic. So that's obviously the league that's got all the NRL super coach um, contributors plus a bunch of the boys at the Daily Telegraph. Competitive league, however, uh, Mr. Tom Sankster is still ranked 20,000th overall, <laughs> pulling down our league ranking. So again, Tom, lift, please, lift. Uh, overall, let's look at uh, how you and I are going. So JT... You're still struggling a bit, mate, um, not even in the top 5,000. No, I hit it at 1,100, and I still dropped about 1.2K. It was an unbelievable week for scoring. So I'm sitting back in 5,110th. I dropped a little further with that uh, Reed Marnie um, delayed try assist given. So I was sitting about just inside the 5K mark, and then refresh the app late Monday and I've, I've dropped even more with, with Reed Marnie owners taking over. So anyway, um, less said about my team, the better. Uh, but speaking of slides, mate, we were talking about you in the top 1K. Where are you sitting right now? Mate, I've fallen well out of the top 1K now, which is not fantastic leading into the, the buyers. So I'm now sitting out of the top 2,000. So I had a shocking week last weekend. Uh, no Cook as captain and no Luttrell, uh, so that hurts massively. And I had a couple of other stinkers as well, so just a tad over 1,000 points. Team value, though, of over 12 million, so um, with a couple of big trades over the next couple of weeks, so should be looking good for round 12. But, yeah, uh, after a few good weeks in a row that saw me in the top 700, um, took a massive slide on the weekend. But yeah, it just shows how close this competition is, right? You have one... Now, that's not even a bad week. You hit 10.46 and you drop that far. That is unreal. But it just goes to show like a, a good or bad week and um, make all the difference. But anyway, who knows? Next week we could be talking about you back in the 1K and on Nick's uh, tail. Speaking of Nick, who's climbed even further, I think, this week. He's still somehow in that top 500. So He's, the top, he's, well, he's close to the top 200 now, so he's burping yeah, and... Um, He's burping and snoring his whole way to the uh, the, the top 100, the uh, the old fella. So um, good on him. He's having a cracking year, but we know it's all going to fall apart at some stage. So um, yeah, it's just a matter of time for poor old Nick. He, uh, he kind of uh, yeah loses interest after a while, um, but it's it's going okay for him at the moment. I'm enjoying the ride. Loving the Sunday pods, mate. They're, they're absolutely hilarious. Good on you, Nick. <laughs> always believed. I always believed. I was a firm Kirk up believer. You're always been a fan. Okay, let's uh, talk about the team news from yesterday. So there's quite a bit to get through here. So let's just uh, get started straight into it. So the Titans, AJ Brimson replaces Roberts, who is out, uh, I think, just for the week with a concussion. So he comes to the heart. So he's an interesting one, but job security does look fantastic there. Uh, for the Tigers, you got uh, Madison, who um, played in the Haas last week and still scored quite well, but he shifts back to the edge with Benji Marshall named to return. So just uh, worth watching there, particularly those who do own Madison. Um, so for the Panthers, the news today, the late mail is that Kakao looks like he's going to play, which is incredible uh, considering what we saw on the weekend. I mean, that looked to me like it was, he was going to be out for a, 
a fair amount of time. And then you've got Caleb Ankins, who has held on to his fullback spot, but he's um, surprisingly not one of the more um, traded-in players this week. I thought he'd be um, quite popular, but there's lots of other good options at the moment. Yeah, there are. So he's sort of a victim of circumstance um, there with a lot of people looking elsewhere. But um, yeah, very interesting times there at Penrith there. The fact that a, a rookie like him has seemingly nailed that starting fullback spot down. So they got a, a host of problems there, but at least he's one shining light for them. So for the CA Eagles, mate, you've got Coruscant, which is uh, coming into the halves. Um, he replaced Croker, who looks like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. And then you got... Um, a guy that's just been unbelievable this year in Finu, he is, could get 80 minutes this week. He played a few 80-minute games last year, and he's just an absolute beast in Supercoach. He's kind of like a, a, a giant arrow. It's just um, give the man the minutes, and he will produce Supercoach points. So, um, I mean, if I didn't have Cook and I had someone like a Josh Hodson or someone else that um, has been underperforming this year, then I'd certainly be looking at Finu. Uh, to trade in this week, uh, covers round 12, and you know he's, he's averaging close to 60 this year. Yeah, and I mean, even you'd normally say he's started every single game off the bench um, this year, so how can you actually trust him? But that is an unreal average um, that he's got for himself. I think he's sitting just below 60. Um, coming off the bench there, he has filled in um, a fair bit there where Coruscant has been injured, but um, unreal strike. What do you think if he's got 80 minutes? coming up, depending on how bad uh, Croker's out for. Um, apparently, it's not going to be too uh, bad as first thought, but yeah, he, he's he's unreal value. And the minute he gets 80, I reckon he'll be one of the most talked about players. Yeah, flying, mate. So in the last two weeks, 93 and 80, playing 57 and 53 minutes. So you'd expect that he'll play at least those amount of minutes, could play upwards of 60-plus, um, with base hovering around 47th. And, you know, he is a definite option, um, depending on how long you think Croker is going to be out, but could be a good one to have for round 12. We'd look to move him out after that, potentially. I mean, I couldn't believe it. We've got a Dynasty Draft League, JT, and this guy was available on the waivers two weeks ago. How was that happening? I think there's a fair few in that league that have fallen asleep at the wheel. <laughs> Just looking at our head-to-head matchups. I've had a, a couple of uh, NPRs on my opposition, but mm. so probably not too surprising that you were able to pick him up. But um, no, congrats anyway, mate. Good call. The Broncos have made a massive amount of changes uh, this week, and it all just doesn't look right at Red Hill at the moment. So you've got Asako and Roberts that have been dumped, and um, Pangai Jr. Uh, to the bench, and then um, poor old McCulloch, who has gone down injured with an MCL, I think, and looks set to miss out on origin. He um, was probably going to get selected there with Smith having retired. Uh, Flegler has been named at lock, um, and that's really the only major changes from a super coach perspective. But yeah, it's it's not looking good there. I know you're getting a lot of enjoyment out of this, but um, uh, I mean, the reports today seems that James Roberts is in a little bit of no man's land. Souths don't want him. The Broncos don't want him. He wants out. Who knows what's going to happen there? Mate, it is all falling apart. Like the preseason was all about how great this young Ford pack is, and the new coach coming in, and, and all that sort of business. And in the space of a couple of months, all of a sudden, it's a sinking ship. Um, yeah. So, as much as I'm enjoying it um, from the outside, I cannot actually believe that I'm I'm seeing it. Um, it's just not Bronco like at all. But I, I kind of can, in a, to a certain extent. I just I thought that. Um, 
it was always over. Well, I just didn't believe the hype, even being a Broncos supporter. People saying top four. I mean, if you look at you got Milford and Nicarima in the halves. For me, that always struck me as being, you know, how can these guys go from what they did last year to suddenly, you know, performing so well? They're going to be a, a top four side. He got McCulloch and Boyd, other guys in the in the spine, and was concerned about that. And then their their pack is just really young. So, um, I mean. If there was anything there, I thought that their outside backs were their shining lights with Asako, Oates, um, Roberts and Bird. But apart from um, Bird, they've all been relatively indifferent and disappointing this year. So, um, yeah, I thought that they'd probably make the top eight, but definitely didn't expect this. So uh, hopefully they have a better uh, end to the season and maybe uh, decisions like this can spark it. But I think there's still a lot more, many more changes to come before we see some improvement there. And when we talk Supercoach perspective, like there were a lot of players in that side that people were genuinely looking at in their preseason, and now you know, they're basically irrelevant. Um, very rare to find some of the Bronco um, in their side potentially did, and over the coming weeks, and maybe mm. uh, Jack Bird, who's, who's played all right. Um, but yeah, just at the moment, they're not worth a uh, look in at all. No, and obviously they cover the round 16 by, so. You'll be looking to, to them to be one of the, the teams that you'd potentially buy from, but there's not too many players there that you'll be looking at. Um, maybe Pangai, if he can get his act together, would be the um, the obvious one. Uh, if he doesn't play Origin, he'd be um, someone to target potentially. But apart from that, it's looking uh, a bit barren. Uh, let's look at the Warriors now. So speaking of the Broncos, the Cody Nicarima um, will make his debut for the the. The, uh, the Warriors with CHT drops out of the side and uh, Nathaniel Roach starts a hooker with Luke also dumped. So plenty of changes there. A um, couple of popular players. Um, we have Lachlan Burr, who's going to be, we'll speak about a little bit later on, and then also uh, Patrick Herbert as well, who's one of the most traded in players this week. For the Dragons, you've got Corey Norman, who's out injured for uh, quite a few weeks, and then you've got Jai Field, who's replaced him in the halves. The Raiders, the big news here is that Bateman who's been absolutely fantastic this year, and his first year in the NRL is out with a fractured cheekbone. Um, I mean, I was tempted to hold him until the the you know all the all the news this week suggested he could be out for as many as many as maybe you know eight to nine weeks. So you can't have someone um, that's worth close to six hundred k sitting on your bench for that period of time. He's been replaced by Hudson Young, who's a very interesting proposition. We'll speak to a little bit later, later on. And then news just out tonight, it looks like that uh, Joseph Lailua is out for the rest of the season with, I think, a neck injury. So that's uh, massive news. Yeah, I actually hadn't uh, seen that until you mentioned it before we came to air here. So, um, yeah, huge news for the Raiders there. Um, obviously, the combination with Leipano we've seen over the years has is, is, um, paid dividends now and again, but... Um, yeah, looks like they're going to have to do without their brain explosion extraordinaire. So um, interesting to see there. I think Oldfield's got the centre spot at the moment. So um, whether he's a long-term option there uh, remains to be seen. But yeah, horrible news for the Raiders. Yeah, so just ready to announce that James Hooper um, on NRL's 360 tonight has said that um, initial medical advice is that Leilua has a bolting disc in his neck and will require mm-hmm. season-ending surgery. So that's not good news at all. No, he never liked to hear that, and better to play it safe. Um, got a long career ahead of him, a long life ahead of him, so uh, all the best to Joey there. Okay, for the Cowboys, your boys, um, Hess has been named to start in place of 
Maguire, who I think's going to miss the next couple of weeks, uh, possibly the first Origin game. And then you've also got Kyle Felt, who will play his first game for the year. So um, whilst Maguire is a big loss, I mean, Hess starting is quite intriguing for me, uh, particularly if he does not make the, the uh, Origin side because he's a potential trading option for round 12. And then Kyle Felt, um, probably not overly super coach relevant, but um, should be a good thing potentially for maybe Michael Morgan. Yeah, it always helps to have a, a finisher of his caliber in the side there, and we've definitely missed him um, out wide. And he was someone I was looking at in the preseason, Kyle Felt, because I thought he might get the goal kicking duties, but obviously with Jordan Kahu coming, he won't get to add that string to his bow. But um, good to see him back from a, a Cowboys perspective. And I guess just on Hess, I mean, it's it's nice that he's been named and all that, but as a as an option now, you've got a couple of things to worry about, and that's the fact that he's been very inconsistent. Um, probably over the last two or three years from an NRL perspective, and also the fact that he's um, a potential for origin, you just don't know. So I have seen a little bit around him because he is sub 400K, which is something somewhere he hasn't been for quite some time. Um, but yeah, def- I can't buy too much into the, the chat around him, uh, especially as a Cowboys fan. I just haven't seen it from him this year. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, well, I think that's basically it for the team. So without further ado, mate, let's jump straight into the Welder's Dog Unpopular Supercoach Opinion of the Week. So, I mean, as I said at the start of the uh, the podcast, I'm uh, drinking an Australian wheat ale tonight and really, really enjoying it. Unfortunately, JT, with you being up in Cairns again this week, um, hopefully I can get you back in Brisbane and uh, share one of these bad boys with you because I think you really, really enjoy it. Been hanging out for it, mate, but... Nonetheless, anyway, it won't make my uh, opinion any more popular. Um, so why don't we just get straight into it? So it. my my Welders Dog unpopular opinion of the week is that Jason Taumalolo is 100% a buy this week. Uh, no matter what you think about his break-even, no matter what you think about him coming back from injury, this is a game that is all about scoring points. And yes, he may get uh, a score this week that knocks him back in price to maybe 600k, maybe a bit below. But is it really worth holding out on a guy like that uh, for the sake of that sort of price? I don't think it is. Um, I think we're in this game to score points and I saw enough in his game last week uh, to see that this guy's back. He's one of the premier athletes in this competition. He wouldn't be back lightly. Uh, the Cowboys would not have rushed this guy back if there was any risk that he would be uh, at, at risk of re-injury or below 100%. So I think a guy now uh, who is a season-long keeper in his position, uh, who the Cowboys have desperately needed and who is sure to get plenty of minutes, especially with Maguire out over the next couple of weeks, uh, better to be safe than sorry. Lock this guy in. You do not know what's going to happen over the, the coming week. We've seen with just ridiculous injuries throughout this year that your trade plans can just be thrown into disarray um, with yeah uh, a knee injury or anything like that. So I think if you do not have other fires to put out this week, uh, chase the points, bring Lolo in, don't regret it. Uh, even look at him as a captain option. I think that highly of him this week. In the daylight at Suncorp, might be a choppy field, but I love this bloke. He's a fantastic super coach player. Ignore the break even, uh, bring him in, hundred percent. Well, I disagree. Um, Souths have conceded the least amount of points to second row forwards this year, um, so I, I see him scoring maybe around about sixty points. Um, 
and him being just a lot cheaper in the next couple of weeks. So more than happy to wait on uh, Lolo, but I can understand your point that if you do need the do need the points, that um, he's you know potentially someone that you should be targeting. But uh, in saying that, there's just plenty, like, there's just so many good trading options this week that I'm more than happy to wait a week on on uh, Lolo. There are, and and I agree. But if you do not need to bring in these cheapies, if you've got enough cash, or if you're like me and you're you're languishing somewhere in the four figures, there, um, I think definitely do not pass up on this opportunity. We talk all about pods all the time, and this guy is a massive pod right now, uh, given his ownership. And uh, you know, you talk about South not giving up points to second row forwards. They haven't played Jason Taumalolo yet. This guy is incredible. Uh, who knows? I reckon we'll be about seven lemonades deep on Sunday afternoon, cheering this bloke on for three tries. Well, I don't agree, but uh, it's your unpopular city coach opinion of the week. So, um, look, I think he's a must for round 12, obviously, but I'll be passing on him this week. Um, got some other players I'll be looking to trade in. So, my unpopular super coach opinion of the week is uh, that Angus Crichton is not only a sell this week, but he's also not a keeper uh, and someone that I probably don't consider to be, you know, in the top echelon of the second row forwards for this season with there being so much death. So, I don't see him being in the top six this year. Um, I mean, he's only scored... Uh, the, the early season stuff with him being benched um, I think is um, a little bit overstated. He's only played less than 70 minutes in one game this year, which is the first game. He had 12 points in 19 minutes. Apart from that, the least amount of minutes he's played is 74, which is uh, in round seven. He scored under 60 points or over 60 points this year in only 38% of his games compared to 64 last year and 64 in 2017. And the fact is as well that um, in the games, the he scored two tries so far in rounds four and also round seven with scores of 85 and 80. But outside of that, those two games, he's only scored over 60 once. Um, that's really, really poor. Uh, and people are looking to offload someone like a Sean Lane. Well, he's producing Sean Lane stats. And um, many people don't consider him to be a keeper. So, yeah, I am happy to say that Angus Crichton is a sell. Doesn't play rounds 12 and 16, and probably somebody that I won't be targeting for the run home. Mm. No, that's a fair call, and I'm looking at his stats here now. So he's got two tries this season, and in those two games, he scored 80 and 85. But aside from that, if you look at his base, um, hasn't cracked more than 55 points. And if you're talking about Premier second row forwards in this game, they need to be doing a little bit more than that uh, when you're talking about bringing them in for the run home. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely um, agree with that. And it's probably pertinent of me to bring up the fact that we had a little stake bet, if our astute listeners would remember, from a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month, that Sam Burgess would outscore Angus Crichton for the remainder of the year. So you were firmly on uh, Angus at that point, thought uh, for sure that that was uh, worth putting a stake on. Not that that means much given your track record, but <laughs> what, what do you reckon has changed in the in the last few weeks? Because we know that the Roosters are um, without doubt probably the, the best team in the competition, and we know how good they are uh, in attack and, and all of that. Are you not sort of worried that it, it's similar to a Tedesco from last year in that Crichton is just going to take a little bit more time to settle into the structure, 
to get back to what he's he's known for, what he's best at. And are you not a little bit worried that he turns that all around post-Origin? I mean, maybe. I mean, as I did say, he scored over 60 points in 64% of his games in the last two years. So the pedigree is there, but... Yeah, I'm just not. We're not seeing it at the moment in terms of what he's doing, and particularly um, with what you've pointed out with the base, uh, only two tries. I mean that that could increase, but you know, let's see how the the Roosters go throughout the year, and if they keep on performing the way they are, then there's a chance that he could get rested, particularly um, over that buy and rep period. Um, but yeah, and in terms of our stake bet, I still think that's going to be pretty close, mate, because Burgess has been quite poor outside of last week too. So I do think that's probably going to go down to the, really down to the wire. Yeah, I'd have to consult the statisticians because I can't remember when we put this on, but I'm pretty sure the week that we did, he outscored Crichton by about 10 or so, and he did the same last week. So could be down to the wire here. And uh, you know, you're not ready to call it, but... Um, Given yeah, given Sergis and and Crichton the teams that they play in, I can't uh, personally see them um, one or the other going too much further. So yeah, definitely this will be a round twenty six thing. We'll be at uh, round twenty five. We'll be at Johnny Ringo's, uh, waiting to pay for each other's crumbed steaks for sure. Crumb steak for you, mate, and uh, broccoli. <laughs> that's all you deserve. No <laughs> chips, just broccoli. Mate, I'm a North Queensland boy. Crumb steak is a fine cuisine. <laughs> But yeah, so I guess that's two unpopular, the Welders Dog unpopular super coach opinions of the week. Um, and we'll see what we can dig up for next week. So before we get into the meat of the podcast, let's just have a short break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, JT, it's time for us to get stuck straight into our two-minute drill. So this is the part of the podcast where we start to run through all our buyers, sells, any of the big super coach questions of the week, limit ourselves to just a couple of minutes um, to run through what our thoughts are. And let's just start straight at one of the most impressive players so far this year with Reese Martin, who has bottomed out um, seemingly at break-even at 51. JT, is he a buyer this week? Yeah, absolutely. Don't don't look back if you have the room and capacity to bring him in this week. Um, this guy is a 60-plus player uh, week to week. He kicks goals. Uh, the Bulldogs aren't the greatest side in the world, but you've just seen the impact he's made coming in um, since they brought him in uh, from round three. So I think Dean Pay's finally come to his senses. Um, I'd, I'd like to be 99% sure that there's going to be no more weird bench reshuffling 
And if that's the case, Reese Martin is a guy that you're going to want in your side uh, from here on in. He, he kicks goals, he offloads, he busts tackles. He's um, one of the, the premier forwards in the competition. I, I love watching him play. And I'm bringing him in this week uh, along with Talmalolo. I need the points. And this is a guy uh, who's bottomed out. He's the cheapest he's going to be for a while. I uh, see so no reason not to bring him in. I agree with you 100%. So obviously the start of the season was a disaster, missing rounds one and two, was benched by Pay, I think, in round six, and then round seven, uh, missed some time with a HIA. But besides that, you've got 80-minute games, and the guy is scoring over 60% in 83% of his games. Base of 49. Um, yeah, he's a super coach weapon, mate, particularly with... That uh, that goal kicking as an edge forward, as a lock forward. So um, more than happy to lock him in. Don't need to spend too much time. He's one of my key trades this week. And just, uh, yeah, I think that Dean Page just needs to keep him in that side. Okay, so the next one, let's roll on to Latrell Mitchell. He's one of the more popular uh, trading targets this week. Um, is he a buy? Uh, for me, obviously phenomenal last week. Um, but we'll miss rounds 12 and 16, and it's just far too expensive now following at 161 performance. I mean, he's one player that I'll be definitely look to grab on the way, on the run home, but um, for where he's priced now, well over 600K, um, what's sitting at, well, sorry, sitting at 658,000, that's just far too much money to spend. Um, yeah, not some that I'm keen to, to jump on right now with the missed games coming up. What about you, JT? Yeah, I agree there. And look at his base. Like He's got a season high of 23 uh, from, uh, what is that, eight games played now. That's just not good enough. And as much as he's, he's such an attacking weapon and, and everyone loves watching that game like last week, you've got to then be able to bear the 20, 30, 40-point games that he's, he's known to bring up. And yeah, you can, I wouldn't be looking at last week and thinking that this is something you're going to get on the reg from... Latrell Mitchell. Uh, he plays Origin. He's at a, a super high price now for your centre wing. Um, great player to watch in the NRL, but not someone you need to break your team to bring in. I think, though, to be fair, before that, he had scores of 53, 86, 97, 36. Uh, and that was, you know, following off of two games and a half. So he's definitely a centre wing keeper. But, um, yeah, I'll be looking to, to bring him in maybe in the mid-500s or low-500s. I think that's probably his, the price you want to nab him in um, from round 17 through to maybe 19. But I agree with you. He's someone to avoid for now. Um, the next player we're going to talk about is Clint Gutherson. So he has obviously had a fantastic season this year, one of the, the highest-scoring center wings, um, really one of the main better factors from uh, Parramatta's surprisingly good performance. Uh, JT, is he someone you're targeting this week? He's almost a flip of the coin for me between Reese Martin and and Gutho. So I've I've loved watching him play this season. I don't know what it is, whether it's the the fact that his contract is unbelievably still not sorted out, and he's just out there to prove a point week to week. But he's the linchpin of this um, Parramatta Eels attack. I've loved what he's been doing with with Moses there. Um, in the halves. And I think for a centre wing, um, over and above Latrell Mitchell, like, uh, if I compare him to Latrell, I reckon he's so much more involved and so much more likely week to week to pull out these big performances that he's been doing. Um, so it's it's a tough decision for me, and it's one that I'm having to weigh up 
Uh, given Bateman's now gone, my centre wing's um, quite weakened. So whether I, I pull the trigger and get Gutho in as a round 12 option um, this week, the only thing that's holding me back is the fact that he's playing the Storm. And I, I hate to look at matchups, but that is what's leaning me towards Reese Martin over Gutho. But uh, for sure, uh, Gutho before round 12. Yep, so... He's another player that I'll be targeting before round 12. Not going to bring him in this week, and, and the key for me is the game against the Storm. They've conceded the 13th fewest points to fullbacks this season, and that's enough uh, to make me wait. Um, next week will be the time that I bring him, because you know who he plays next week, JT? <clears throat> the almighty North Queensland Cowboys at 1300 Smiles Stadium, mate. Lock him in for a 10 and he'll be nice and juicy come round. 11. Indeed. Lock him in for a ton next round with the break, <laughs> with a, with a break even of uh, 84 this week. He's going to be a couple of uh, a few thousand cheaper next round. Um, be targeting to bring him uh, in maybe for someone like a Sherry who I'll be giving another week to this, uh, this round as he faces the almighty uh, Titans. So, uh, yeah, Clint Gutherson's a player that I'll be looking for next round. Okay, a name of a player who's uh, popped up in the top 10 trade-ins, um, which is surprising for some, but I think it's got some, uh, some, you know, some credibility to it as Adam Reynolds. So um, he's been one of the key benefactors of the, the Rabbitohs' good form this season with a five-round average of 63 and a three-round average over 60, I believe. You know, he's teased us in years gone by, and he's not the most durable footballer, but he'll provide you with another number for round 12 and, you know, could be traded to round Johnson come round 16. So for me, it really just depends on how many trades you've used up to date. You could go CHT to, to Reynolds, or you could also go somebody like a Michael Morgan to Reynolds as well, which might seem sideways, but Reynolds does play that extra game over the time period, and Souths have been flying. JT, is Reynolds somebody that you'd look to as a round 12 coverage player? Yeah, I did the exact same thing last year with, with Reynolds. So he, I think he's a really valuable pod um, for that round 12 week. And, and going forward during the origin rounds when teams are a bit tired and um, not, maybe might rest some players, Adam Reynolds is exactly the type of player to take advantage of that. And with goal kicking and stuff as well, we, we look at the Rabbitohs and they're, they're one of the top teams in the comp. They're an attacking uh, they put on an attacking masterclass more weeks than not. So, and, and if if that's the case, then Adam Reynolds is is one that benefits from that, as we've said. So, I really like it. If you've um, you know got a, a, a pretty durable second row and your, your centre wing's fine, and you need something done in your in your halves, but you have Morgan, like you mentioned, um, I reckon Reynolds is a is a great underrated buy here. Yeah, and I mean, so they got. Uh... Well, got the your mob this week, and then they play the Raiders away, which is going to be tough. But then they've got the Tigers, and then they've got the Eels um, in round twelve. So that's a pretty good run, you'd say, for him to score plenty of points over that period. The issue is obviously the durability. So he's played twenty one games last year, twenty one games the year before, then sixteen, seventeen. So there is a, a chance that he could get injured for round twelve. We've seen it before, but um, yeah, he's not a bad pod to have. But in saying that. I can't recall the last time that he went massive. I think um, his score of 74 last week is is um, the biggest score he's had since round three, where he got went 81. Um, but he's one of those halves that I just can't see. You know, like a Cleary kind of player. He's because um, he's such a he's such a kicking half. Um, he's one that you know could easily just produce a, a mid 40 score as well. Yeah. So 
I would hesitate to bring him in as a long-term keeper. I would need to have a trade plan uh, to move him on, say, in round 16 or, or thereabouts because he's just not someone you want to keep week to week because, as you said, he's just not got the massive ceiling that, say, a guy like Cody Walker or, or Nathan Cleary have. Yeah, and I also don't think you can play him in your 17 every week too. So he's potentially a guy that's worth... Um, what, like 488000 and he might not be in your best 17 apart from round 12. So uh, it's a bit of a gamble there, but I can understand why some people are doing it, particularly if they've got major issues in their halves position. Okay, the next guy that we're going to talk to, which we've spoken about quite a bit, so we don't need to spend that much time, but Sam Birch's um, fantastic value, but will be even cheaper next week given his break-even of 75. Um, scary to think that he'll be worth around about 520 k soon. I mean... I remember on this uh, podcast a few weeks ago, I said that he's not a must, um, but that was when he was priced over 600K. So at that price range um, of around about 520K, it's almost impossible to pass up on with looming round 12 coverage. Um, buy him this week, buy him the next. Um, the low base is a bit of a concern, but an edge forward is expected to do that. Um, there's also some talk of um, Murray being selected for New South Wales, and that would see Burgess line up potentially at lock again, which could see him getting uh, middle like base stats in round 12, which would be massive. Mm. Oh, I just love Sam Burgess as a player. But I don't think uh, you can bring him in and just not look back. Um, the prices will fluctuate, and they always do. And uh, when's the right time? It's, it's hard to say, but... Uh, his break-even of 75, you keep bringing up my boys. So you expect him to get less than 75 this week or could he have the potential to barge over for a couple of um, hopefully consolation tries for the Bunnies? Like That's that's the thing. Everyone's sort of looking at these break-evens and just, oh, he won't do it. He, he won't get there. I'm hoping he's getting a quiet week. And the next minute, it's it's Sam Burgess. He's, the guy's hit 129 already this year. So who's to say he doesn't do that this week? Um, so I think... If you, if you don't have him in and you're looking at round 12, um, he's, he's an absolute must. The next guy on our list is someone who's very, very popular this week. And JT, I, I know that you've said what you're going to be doing from your trade-ins, and he's not one of the featured names, but Patrick Herbert from the Warriors, who looks to have um, locked down a centre spot and goal-kicking duties. Um, why are you not trading him in? Mate, sometimes you just can't have them all. Um, and as much as we love seeing these uh, huge negative break-evens and, and cheapies on the rise and he, he's got all the pluses to him, this week I'm all about chasing points. So I, I think I've got, I've got enough cash now. I've got enough gun uh, cows nearing that time where we sell them off and, and upgrade them. Um, I just I can't be moving around center wings to bring this guy in. As great as he is, and I cannot begrudge anyone uh, for bringing him in, I've just got... Uh, other things on my mind. I need Lolo and I need Martin and I need I need him this week. So sadly, I'm going to miss out on the Herbert train uh, at least for this week. Um, yeah, who knows? Maybe you'll have a quiet game and, and still be within reach next week. But uh, unfortunately, I'm going uh, points over cash this round. Yeah, so I'll be bringing in Herbert. Just fits my team structure a lot better, and um, I got a position for a another center wing cheapie with Bateman going down. So. Break-even, negative 25. Gets the goal-kicking duties, 168K. Carter went down with a hamstring injury last weekend, so his job security looks pretty good. Misses round 12, but potentially will cover you for round 16 and then be a 
prime uh, upgrade option or a, a trade out option come round 17. So uh, I'll be looking to, to bring him in making bulk cash and then just basically um, set for upgrades from here out up until round 12. Hmm. And that's fair. Like if you have trades to do it and um, you, know, you, you look, uh, what, what's this guy going to bring your side? So will he get up to that 350K mark and, I don't know, there's sort of more decisions to be made then with this guy as opposed to now I just bring in season-long keepers and I'm able to do that, that's what I'm doing. But yeah, fair call for anyone else. I, I can't see him not making a stack of cash. So the next cheapie on the list is Caleb Atkins. So he looks to have locked down a fullback spot uh, for the Panthers. Current price tag of 217k, so a little bit above that basement price that Herbert is. But he's still an option and uh, looks like he could cover you for round 12 as well. Dual position flexibility. Job security looks pretty good. However, he hasn't really set the super coach world on fire so far with scores of 38 in each of his two games. Base, but, um, you know, we do refer to base a fair bit on this podcast. And he does have an output of 26 base points per game, which to me is a high enough floor to suggest that he could be a handy cow through to round 16. And if it wasn't for Patrick Herbert... Herbert, then Aikens would be very close to cheapy of the week for me. Yeah, very cool. He's got dual flexibility as well. But then again, you're also taking a risk with this guy. I think if you look between him and Herbert, Herbert, you would imagine, has more of the security than than Aikens does. Aikens is obviously playing in a very important position and one that the Panthers have quite a lot of coverage in. So uh, he's been given his shot there. Um, Obviously, it hasn't turned their season around, but you can't expect that of a rookie. Um, but if you're going to look long-term, he's much more of a risk to hold that spot down, I would imagine. But that, that, that would be, if I was tossing up between him and Herbert, the fact that Herbert's uh, 50K also uh, cheaper and um, yeah, has probably more security is what would sway me there. So the next guy is someone that's just popped up on the radar for us, particularly with Bateman going down. So Hudson Young has replaced um, Bateman on the edge for the Raiders and um, performed really well on the weekend with a score of 63 that did include a try. That was in 54 minutes. Um, looks like he'll cover you for round 12, so that's a massive plus. Break even a negative 12, uh, not the best base, but you know edge forward, there's going to be plenty of attacking stats there, possibly. I mean, I can see the appeal and I'd love to bring him in, but I just can't um, fit a rookie into my um, forward pack at the moment. So... Um, I'm not quite sure how people are doing it. Uh, I, I'm happy to keep um, putting the, the rookies into my center wing, but I'm looking just to upgrade with the the points guys and the guns for my second row and front row forward at the moment. So Hudson Young is a, a no for me this week. Yeah, I agree there. I think second row forward is such a valuable position there that uh, given the stage of the year that we're at, it, um, it, it's very tough to be able to bring a, a cheapie in there and, ride him out for that long um i was very interested actually to see that he was named um at starting second row so sia soliola is floating around on the bench there um who's obviously a proven performer and he was there last year in that starting spot uh now and again so uh, obviously ricky stewart's shown a bit of faith in the young guy there he had a, a good game uh last round against the panthers got over for that try um, but yet again, another one that I'd be a, a bit hesitant on thinking that he's going to hold down that starting spot as long as Bateman's out. Uh, Raiders have got a lot of decent forwards on that bench there, and uh, given he's the rookie in that lineup, one poor performance could uh, mean he's relegated or worse. So 
Uh, yeah, is is a very tough one to bring in, I would imagine, given most people's team structures. But obviously, a lot of people have, have seen the value. Oh, it's extremely popular selection at the moment, mate. I think he's um, third most traded in player mm. uh, as at the time of this podcast. Um, so I'm not quite sure how people are doing them. I know the dual flexibility of a shifting Bateman to second row um, or a Lachlan Burr, but um, with anyone that I've got in my second row, front row that I'm looking to um, to to move on, I'm uh, more, definitely looking to upgrade rather than to downgrade in that position. So um, Hudson Young is a, a pass for me, and I think with Soliola, I think you know he's played a lot in the middle, um, so that's probably where he's going to continue to play. Uh, in the Raiders. So, um, yeah, not a bad shout if you do have, or if it does fit your team structure, but the inclusion of Hudson Young just doesn't fit what I've got in my side. Uh, moving along to our last of the buy uh, discussion points here. Uh, so this kid, Thomas Dearden, was quite impressive last week, I thought, um, in a very, very poor Broncos side. But one of the key Ten Commandments to Supercoach is that you don't trade a player in before they're on the bubble, and that's exactly where Dearden is this week. So I will be waiting until next round with, um, you know, CHT's price not going anywhere. It's a really straightforward trade for next round, minimising the risk. I mean, it's very, very unlikely, but Sean O'Sullivan is included in the reserves at the moment for the Broncos. So who knows what that means. Potentially, you know, they'll give Dearden... Um, spells back in Reggie's um, just because he is he's only just turned 18 so he could have a month there a couple of games back who knows what's going to happen I mean everyone will be jumping on him next week um, without a doubt Um, but yeah I I would be holding off uh, this weekend Mm, I have zero to add to that mate well done cool all right so that's that summarizes or completes our assessment of all the buyers this week Let's jump straight into the cells, and we've only got limited time left, so we're going to smash it. And where better place to start than your boy, Michael Morgan? He's a very, very popular sell this week. I know I've been tempted, was very annoyed with what he produced last weekend. Um, talk or explain to me what to do with Morgan. Is he a buyer? Or a, or sorry, is he a sell or just a hold at the moment? No, he's a hold, mate. Uh, well and truly. Um, so obviously, he was. He was quite disappointing last week in terms of his super coach output there but watching the game back he actually was very much involved in in our attack and um, helped uh, generate a lot of points for us but just didn't translate into super coach points one of those weird sort of anomaly games that you can sometimes get Um, he was standing a little bit um, he was more at first receiver a lot in this game as well so uh, a lot of the like you saw Asiata go go quite well there and uh, and get a few points there. But I think if you look at Morgo's uh, stats this season, he's been up a lot more than he's been down. And that's uh, given we, we took the punt on him at the start of the year and the hope that he would do that. And, and knowing that based on his history, he could have a quiet game now and again, which is what he's done. I don't think you can be throwing the toys out of the cot and, and breaking your side and, and getting rid of him uh, unless it's for a decent upgrade. Like I said last week, if you can get a guy like Nathan Cleary in, um, Maybe not so much leading up to the buy, but if you can make a genuine upgrade on a guy like Michael Morgan, then go for it. But if you're doing a sideways move, say to a, uh, Adam Reynolds, uh, despite his round 12, um, I just don't think you need to be getting rid of Morgo. Um, Cowboys have been down well and truly the start of the year. And uh, with Taumalolo back, there's potential for huge um, uplift in our scoring here. And, and a guy that will be front and centre of that is Michael Morgan. So 
as, as hard as it is to ignore and not rage trade and all of that sort of stuff, just look at what he's delivered for you despite our ineptness in football terms and hold on to the guy because the brighter days are to come. Well, you've used up all the two minutes there, which isn't really that much of a surprise, JT. <laughs> He's but... my boy, mate. He's my boy. I'll yeah. defend it to the hilt. Yeah, so, I mean, um, he's a least amount of my problems this week. If, exactly. Yep. If, I, if, if Bateman hadn't have gone down with an injury, I'd probably be looking to move Morgan out. But then it's a question of to who. Um, Cody Walker's too expensive. Yep. I've already got Caelan Ponga. You've got Cherry Evans that it's uh, injured. Munster and Cleary are going to be missing... Um, through Origin and then Reynolds I just don't trust because he's someone that I need to trade out so um, again Morgan's probably somebody that uh, you know I just I'm probably going to hold unless there's someone that jumps out and then look to maybe moving on to say a Sean Johnson in round 13 um, with Johnson hopefully back fit by then we'll drop a fair bit in price um, and we'll cover for, for round 16 so he, that's probably the, the move that I'll look to do I can't see um, Morgan dropping too much in price over that period. Um, you know, he scored over 60 and 50% of his games. And, I mean, with with Tamalolo in the side, you'd have to think that that is a positive, uh, as you've pointed out. So more than happy just to hold him uh, and to see. I mean, in round one with Lolo, he scored 72 points. And then apart from that, he's been really good except for round two and then also round eight. So um, and relatively consistent compared to what the other halves have done. So... Happy to, to hold him and, and hopefully he'll produce the goods in the next few weeks before trading him out, maybe in round 13. Cool. All right, so let's move on to Ryan Madison. So he's a player that you've included here. I'm obviously an owner, and for me, mate, I am um, comfortable to hold on to Maddo. Um, trading him out now, I guess, is an option. Um, you could get trade him to, say, a, uh, you know, a... a, a uh, Martin or uh, Tamalolo gives you that round 12. But I think that the Maddo would be really, really important for round 16. And, and let's, let's not forget what he's done this year. He's, he's been one of the uh, the better performing uh, of the, the the second rows. And he's gone and he's still remaining at that um, that pod level. So he's got a five-round average of 63 and a three-round average of 62. Produced 74 points in the halves last week and amazingly had 41 base points. And it's a fantastic game. He's been a, a huge and fantastic recruit for the Tigers this year. And just the fact that he's averaging 63 points so far this season without smashing out a ton, um, I'm pretty happy just to hold him and, and probably just keep him as my my last uh, second row forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the reason I put him in there is because actually oh, there's obviously been quite a bit of talk about him as a sell, uh, even last week, given his move to the halves. And we saw what happened there. Um, I'd, I'd love Matto as a footy player, and especially because that translates so well to super coach scoring. So I don't own him, um, but obviously a fair bit of chat around. He hasn't quite um, uh, broken the mould this year and gone uh, nuts as people would have hoped or gone to that 60, 65-plus that many were looking for. But uh, as you said, he's, he's a round 16 pod well and truly. So he's very unlikely to play Origin. Um, he's got a great game in him there. Uh, the only drawback, I would say, would be his versatility in that he gets moved around uh, where needed, moved out to centres, moved into 5-8 uh, when required, and that can impact his scoring. But we saw last week that you just never know in this game. It's not a, a surefire thing. So... 
I think if you've got Madison and you're umming and ahhing about whether to get rid of him, uh, think of the positives, and there are far too many of them to to get rid of him, especially at that price now. So you've essentially bought him and you're selling him at a discount um, here. It's just I don't think it's worth it. Um, Maddo, once the Tigers get a settled side, I think we'll see a lot more upside. Yeah, and I kind of just to go back to... I just had to pull you out for one of the things you did say. I mean, he is averaging 63 points per game this year, averaged 56 last year. So that's a a big improvement. And and as someone that was looking at him as a pot option in the preseason, I mean, I couldn't be more than happier um, than him, him averaging 63. I mean, 65 was always what you say that would be fantastic, but you can't be too unhappy with 63. And if you're looking to trade, trade guys out that are, are punching that, um, that aren't playing Origin, uh, then you know you must be doing pretty well. Mm. Yep, very cool. Okay, uh, next guy. We probably don't need to spend any time on at all. John Bateman. Um, you've got to trade him out. He's going to be missing, you know, six to eight weeks and potentially even longer because they've got the round sixteen buy. So he could be out for the next nine weeks. Um, he's in forty percent of teams. That's going to decrease a lot. Sure, we'll all want to bring him back in in the run home because he's so important for your centre wing, but you can't have that much money sitting on the sidelines. No, absolutely. And I've seen people say like, oh, I don't want to waste a trade on him just to bring him back because I know I'll have to. But this game is all about making bloody trades. We make two of them every single week and how many of them are actually that useful in in the long run. So do not buy that at all. He's far too much money to have sitting on your bench and do not think oh i don't have enough trades or you certainly do for a guy that's 600k there's so many more people you can bring in so obviously it's it's not like not everyone's keeping him and it's only a a small proportion but uh still he's just far too much value and especially at crunch time of year like we're at now get him out bring in a gun and uh think about bringing him back in later along with everyone else agree and if you want to make a pod move like as soon as he's named he's coming back from an eye injury it's not like um it's probably not something that you, that will recur or anything like that. So if you want to play it smart, bring him back that, that first week he's named. Do, do it then. Have the pod move then. Plan for your trades then. But right now he's gone. Yep. All good stuff there, mate. Agree. Uh, second last player that we're going to discuss, Bronson Sherry. Um, break even in the 40s. So he's an interesting one. He could potentially be sold this week. But for the non-owners of the likes of Sivo and Garrick, um, you've got to be wary of offloading him too soon. His price is just 317k. He's been unlucky not to score a couple of doubles or even a hat-trick um, just for some costly errors. So I'll be personally holding him um, and maybe all the way through to 12. Uh, he faces Titans this round and decide that it's allowed the fourth most amount of points to center wings this season. And I'll actually be vice-captaining him uh, tomorrow night, uh, in the hope that he can, you know, snag a hat trick or, um, you know, crack a ton. Hmm. No, that's a fair call. And obviously, you've been burned by Sivo and Garrick and all that, as you said. So, and that'll be uh, forefront of people's minds there in terms of getting rid of, of Sherry, who's shown a lot of attacking potential. So, you just know that a big game is is not too far around the corner. He, he sort of had that one against the Panthers where he, he streaked away. Um, for that try and and everyone was happy there so um, he's had a couple of down weeks now as a sloppy game last week where nothing much was getting going so given he's playing the titans he's got manly next week and the dragons after the dragons the big local derby um, i'm backing him in for a, a solid runner of games here so i'd be very wary of of trading him out or, or trading him down to someone um, uh, like a herbert this week i think if you've got other avenues to do it then go for it but 
Sherry just—he looks like a super coach player. He looks like someone we we could be comfortable um, playing on matchups and, and keeping around for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think you, you want to at least see him get to 400k before you move him on. And um, round 12 shapes is a pretty good opportunity to do that. I can't see that Gutherson and uh, Fergo will increase in price much more than they are right now. Um, so I think as long as you do have um, decent centre wings, you can possibly just hold on to Sherry up until that uh, that buy round and then and then move him out for there. Our last guy, very, very quickly, uh, Lachlan Burr has been fantastic, but it's time to go for him. Doesn't play round 12, break even of 63, trade him out and upgrade him to a gun. Any disagreement there, JT? No, I don't think so. I think for anyone that's gotten on, uh, that's, that's far more than you could ever have hoped. Um, he is starting lock, but... Um, looking at his games the last month or so, uh, it seems to be about where he's peaked. So, uh, well done to anyone who got on Lockie Burr there. But I think now's the time to upgrade him to a, a more seasoned performer. Agreed. Okay, let's wrap this podcast off. And then uh, what we're going to do is add a, a, a new segment this week. And just to follow in from your weekly roundup where you look at the rockers and the flock, floppers of the week. And this podcast and maybe more to come, we're going to be naming our rocker and flopper call of the week because, I mean, the simple fact is that Wilfred just fucks this up every single week, mate. So um, I think it's time that somebody steps in and gets it right. Don't you agree? I absolutely agree. That bloody Wilfred, he couldn't pick his own nose. <laughs> Some of the comments he gets, the poor bugger. But anyway, we'll, we'll try our best. And we, we're not a winner of this game, so we can be excused for a few dud predictions, right? No, but you're not a winner of the game, but you know what Wilfred is? Mm. He's a winner, but he'll let you know every minute of the game <laughs> that he's won this before. Yeah, I'm sure we would not do the same either. We would be very humble. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> Absolutely not. And I think he's recording that other podcast right now as well that you need to speed up um, to about one and a half um, just to get through. <laughs> Yeah, if only they, yeah, their advice is about a hundred times better than ours, right? But it's anyway, not as, no, it's not as funny, and they're not drinking piss the whole time as well. So. <laughs> could be room for improvement. It could be. All right. Uh, sorry, Wolf. Um, not really. Get on the sauce, Wolf. Get on the welder's dog, mate. <laughs> All right. So the rocker and flopper call of the week, JT. Who do you have? Mate, Cameron Munster is my rocker of the week. So we all have heard the blow up that went on between him and the other Cameron in that side there. Um, the Storm, any time they seem to be in the news for internal bust-ups and, and poor performances, they seem to bounce back um, in big fashion the week after. And They love playing at Suncorp here. Um, Cameron Munster is a proven gun. Um, I don't think he'll stay down for very long. I think he'll, he might even take that personally and you'll see him just go to town on the poor defenseless Parramatta Eels this week. So I'm locking him in for a big performance here. Helps because he's in my side and I need it from him. Um, need him to make up the ground to Cleary there. So I reckon this is the week the Storm are going to um, rack up a big score here. So I'd be worried if I was a Neils fan. And what about your flopper of the week? Mate, yeah, for no reason, no statistical reason, anything other than I just cannot, I do not want to see this guy in full flight. But my flopper of the week is Cody Walker. Um, and I know plenty of people will say this every week, and every week Cody comes out and, and scores yeah, a billion points in 10 minutes and does nothing for the rest of the game. So I'm locking in. My Cowboys are going to keep him quiet for the entire game. The field's going to be choppy, so he's not going to be as quick on his feet. 
And I reckon this is um, basically going to be the first dud game he's put out all year. I think he's scored nine tries this season. It's phenomenal what he's producing. And the last month he's gone 150, 61, 99, and 83. So I think it's um, it's fair to say, mate, that he's due for a, a down week. He's got to slow down at some point, right? We all look at this guy. He's like 700K. Prime, a prime banner target this week, I'd say. Please mate. do it, mate. Please do it. We need it. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So for mine, I'm mine's pretty obvious. I'm going with Ponga as my rocker of the week. Um, so the Bulldogs can see the second most amount of points to fullbacks this week, and Ponga is a star. He scored under eighty just once since shifting from full to full back. I mean that's absolutely massive. So um, he, along with Jake Travojevic, will be the two guys that I'm looking to to lock in as captain this week with. Um, Tavojevic also um, looking like a pretty fantastic um, selection as well. Um, you know, he, he's such a steady um, option and just you know, never really fails to do. He scored over 60 75% of the time. And a game against the Broncos this, this week who are just leaking points to edge forward. So um, he's probably someone that I'll be, be looking at. But back to Ponga, just been amazing. Um, since he's shifted to the fullback. Can you believe that he has only scored under 80 once if, since moving there? No, and no, I saw a couple of those games as a non-owner, and that was all I needed to see to bring him in. Um, so obviously he's exploded. Like last week, he was having a reasonably quiet game before he just burst through, but that's exactly what he can do. And I know Pierce has been up and, and stealing a lot of those points there, but um, yeah, definitely can't see this guy not rocking it this week. And then my flopper of the week is the uh, the one and only Latrell Mitchell. Um, so I'm, I'm sensing he's going to have a down week uh, this weekend. The Raiders have been fantastic this year, look like a top four side, and they've conceded the least amount of points to centre wing. So um, I'm thinking that he could have a down week after that massive score in, uh, in round eight of 160 plus. And you know what, at the end of the day, JT, he's lazy. <laughs> he absolutely is. Where have I heard that before? I think a certain ex-Supercoach uh, Tour contributor might have a little voodoo doll uh, in his garage there that he's going to town on this week. So poor old Joe Fitz needs an absolute dud, and I really hope he does for Joe's sake because can you imagine the, the fun on Twitter? That the trolls. Have? Oh, the trolls are going to get him. Mate, but you just know, poor old Joe, he gave as good as he got, so hopefully he gets a little more ammunition this week from Lazy Latrell. Mate, he just called everyone a dickhead. <laughs> That'll do it. The old Buzz Rothfield blocked. Yeah, blocked. <laughs> I think if, if Joe's if Joe's coming around to uh, on the weekend to uh, to have a or catch up on the on the Saturday, I think he'd just be walking around just telling people they're blocked. <laughs> Fake news, blocked. Good on yeah. you, Joe. You won't buy me a beer, fine, blocked. <laughs> oh, boy. Good yeah. stuff. All right, that that's it. We need to, to wrap it up. It's a late night tonight. Both you and I have um, been pretty busy at work, so um, we'll call it quits there. Uh, I need to, to get the podcast edited and locked and loaded and then try and get some sleep, and I know that uh, you're probably heading to the casino now, aren't you? Well, I actually just got a message from one Sparky from Supercoach Talk EPL fame. So he's at the Flamingo Bar in oh, right. right now, and that's that's where I am headed. Oh, nice. And maybe a little event on most Wednesdays at Gilligan's that I believe he's quite keen on. So. Oh, yeah, that one. That's a, that's a good one. Are you taking a white T-shirt? 
Uh, oh, I'm not going in there, mate. I'm not. I haven't got the form leading up to it. I wouldn't <laughs> want to myself, but uh, not the physique either. But uh, yeah, we'll see where the night ends. Probably not at the casino, given our luck last night. Yeah. Oh well, you got to save your pennies for Magic Round, mate. Look forward to catching up with you over the weekend, and to anyone else who would like to to come along and um, catch up with us. That'd be fantastic. Uh, don't forget to sub- subscribe to the podcast and to the network in general. You'll get um, all of them. Uh, uploaded into your feed as soon as uh, we put them out into uh, the uh, podcast land and it helps you uh, or saves you going through and searching and all that that kind of stuff. So subscribe and uh, thanks for downloading. Really appreciate it and we'll see you guys next week. See you then, mate. Yeehaw! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 